So uh, I think maybe um, seven eight years ago, um, a young man and his family walked into the church here, and I greeted them on Sunday morning, just like today, and got to know them a little bit, found out that they were visiting from Munich, Germany. Ah, we got to talk about this, it's good lunch, and talk about Munich, Germany, and whatever, and, and so we all went to lunch together at Zeppi's, of course, Italian, talk about Germany, and um, we sat around and, and got to know one another, and became fast friends, and um Abby and I had uh, Mike and Harry into our home, and they come just about every year about this time. Is it October best one in Munich right now? Very soon. Very soon, okay. I don't know if you're going to leave October best, I don't know if so high, but yeah, that's a pretty good one. Anyway, um, I, Mike, when, when I first met, was in, um, in, in his studies, uh, working on a PhD at the University of Aberdeen in Scotland uh, in spiritual formation and theology. So I was really fascinated by this discussion because this is something close to my heart as well. And so we talked about that a lot and, and had just been friends for a number of years. I knew it was coming here. I, I knew this would be a real treat for you. So I wanted Mike uh, to come and to speak to us this morning. Don't be being very so hard until it's too late to hear the bullshit. But you have in your bullshit a little insert about the bio about Mike. Uh, and so without further ado, Mike, come. Preach us towards the Lord. Well, Father Joe, um, don't think you quite remember our first meeting, which was in a bar here in Hudson, which he described later as theological sparring, and I described as drinking each other under the table. Um, it was that was a, a quick bond. Um, there, you know how the priests love that whiskey, and um, but uh, today I've got a prosperity gospel for you. Uh, but it's rather difficult here at the, the end of the gospel reading here. We has none of you can be my disciple if you don't give up your possessions. And then we also had in our, we just sang um, the cross before me, the world behind me. So I still have that prosperity gospel to give to you. And I know that you've probably been told that prosperity gospels are false gospels. Um, but uh, I want to say that any gospel that does not include some teaching about prosperity is actually a false gospel. Uh, how a person is going to prosper is one of the fundamental questions of human life. How do I prosper? And we have lots and lots of teachers out there who are going to tell us how you do that. How do I prosper? And... Um, the psalm for today, Psalm 1, also has a word about how do I prosper. It says, blessed is the man, the woman, the person, and then it's going to go on and compare that person to a tree. And so that's what the homily today, I've got, I want to talk about trees, and I also want to talk about lifestyle. Wonderful, actually, I've wonderful that I come here and actually see faces that I recognize, um, and that's, you know, I mean, it's taken maybe eight years to actually recognize people, but it's wonderful to see you all, um, and that's just a blessing for me to come back here, um, but um, trees, trees are actually rather important in the scriptures, you remember that uh, the scriptures with Genesis start with a tree, the tree of life, 
trees that Adam and Eve are to care for, to eat the fruits from, tree is a knowledge of good and evil. But actually in Revelation, trees show up again too, don't they? The tree of life shows up there again. It's only Genesis and Revelation, tree of life, both sides. And Jesus had a lot to say about trees, did he not? And Psalm 1 also has got a tree. And the, the interesting thing about the psalm teaching of the tree is you are the tree. Blessed is the man, dot, dot, dot. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. And that's what psalm is going to, the psalms are going to tell us about how you prosper. Um, actually, you know, prosperous is perhaps more familiar to us in our language now than blessed, being a blessed person is. Um, we're more used to sort of saying, oh, this is a prosperous person, a successful person. And it's wonderful that the psalms also have that language in there. Um, blessing is a little bit strange for us. And the key here, um, blessed is the man who is like a tree. The man, sorry, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. The key here, I think, is really the streams of water. And I wonder if you have ever thought about what that those streams of water are. Um, for a human, I mean, for a tree, it's, it's water. But for humans, I want to say that those streams of water is the kingdom of God. A human being planted by the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God in the scriptures, um, I'll make very short work of this, is um, it's the action of God. It's what God is doing. Now, later, before we even showed up, that's, that's the kingdom of God. And everything that's in that, that's included in what he's doing, is in his kingdom. Now, it's saying here that that's something that you can be planted next to, what God is doing. Trees are much like real estate in that respect. Um, you know about the three rules of real estate, right? Location, location, and location, right? And trees, if you see a tree that's prospering, a tree that's doing well, that tree has a very good location, does it not? It may be planted next to a very good gardener who take, looks after it, or somewhere in the natural world where it just gets everything that it needs and it just keeps going. No hurricanes come through and knock it over. No droughts come. It's perfect. It's got the right location. And for human beings, it's the same too. If you are that tree, then you are planted next to the flow of what God is doing. That's what it means. That's how a human being is going to be pro going to prosper. Now, trees are also like human beings in that they are not independently prosperous. A human being will not prosper on their own. And that's where this blessed language starts to come in. The blessed is the man. The, the Hebrew idea of being prosperous or successful, being, blessing is something that comes from the outside, right? It's gifted is perhaps another word. We, we still use that term when somebody is good at something, they're gifted, right? Um, but the Hebrew idea of being well off is that it's been, it's been given to you. It's been granted to you. You're blessed. 
And um, that's because they understood that human beings cannot prosper on their own. They're, they're, they're not independently prosperous. They need streams of water. They need the kingdom of God to thrive, to have leaves that do not wither, to put out their fruit in their season. It's interesting, too, that if you, the, the idea of prosperity in the scriptures is that that sort of goodness comes out of you then, that your leaves and the fruit that sort of are produced out of your life start to flourish. Um, lifestyle. There's a bit of a catch, not a catch, but just a rule that goes with it of how do I prosper? And uh, it starts there at the very beginning. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So you've got counsel, way, seats. Um, and then it goes positively and says, well, his delight is on the instruction of the Lord. I like that. That's actually a bit closer to the Hebrew word there. And then you get law in the next verse. But uh, on his law, he meditates day and night. And this is one of the things that Hebrew poetry does. It's, it's going to put a bunch of words that are similar in meaning next to each other, kind of run them together. So you, they kind of interpret each other. And then you kind of get a larger field of meaning. And all of these, for example, if you read Psalm 19 and all of the alliterations on this word law, instruction, Way becomes one of those ways that they interpret that. Counsel is one of those ways. And so what, what Psalm 1 is doing is it's saying, look, there's two different laws that you can live according to. You can live in t- according to the laws of the wicked, sinners, scoffers, or you can live in according to the law of God. Now, if I told you that you were going to hear a homily today about law, how many of you would think, this is going to be good, I can't wait to hear more about law. We don't usually think of law as good news, do we? More more law. Um, but the scriptural understanding is a bit different. And that's why that term instruction is so interesting. It's this idea of God's law is really this idea of something that's good for us. That he wants to sort of show us the path, show us the way, instruct us in life. And really, when you think about law, about ethics, um, it's just the theory of how to live well. Or the theory of being a good person. That's what law is about. And uh, you can't get away from law. That's the thing that Psalm 1 teaches us. By just ignoring God and God's law. Because the idea is, you're going to live according to a law something else. In this case, the law of the wicked, sinners. That's another word. Psalms, Psalms are full of words that are a little bit strange for us, and uh, wicked is one that's a little bit hard to get our minds around. Sinners, too. Um, because we tend to think of it as like, you know, standing in the way of sinners is like like sitting in a drug house, or you're, you're maybe... Um, maybe in a corrupt board meeting or something like that. Just You're just with this sort of film Hollywood's understanding of the sort of the bad guys. Um, but usually for us, that's not the way that it happens. That's not the way that we come under the influence of the wicked sinners. Um, most of it is just part of being a part of a sinful and broken world. And we just 
absorb it, just like children absorb language, and they just we just take it on and think, well, that's just the way that it is. That's just the way, and that's how often um, things are presented to us uh, as just this is just the way that life is. Lifestyle is, I think, good. Really, what what the psalm is saying is, um, be, pay attention to lifestyle. Lifestyles of wicked sinners. Because in that, you're going to find the difference between prosperity and then perishing. It's a word that comes up later in the psalm. Um, but I think this, if you, you know, I, I, spent, I spent now 15 years of my life in, in Europe. And, you know, before that I was here. Um, and I think one of the biggest ways, there's a lot of ways that we kind of come under the influence of the lifestyle of wicked sinners. Um, one of the ways is through billboards, advertisements that we just, they're just sort of just a part of our life that we see this. And all of them, if you, if you pay attention, it's worth sort of actually looking at them long enough to sort of see what they're doing. They are all teaching you, telling you about how to prosper. Usually it involves buying what they, and everything, you know, things that you need, like laundry detergent will, on their advertisements, have a little message about, well, you know, buy this and prosperity will come to you. Uh, that's just, it's just very subtle things. Internet banners um, that uh, is now a very standard way of being taught how, what, what your lifestyle should look like and what sort of lifestyle is going to connect with prosperity. Uh, and then, of course, just your friends. That, you know, it's usually not, you know, I mean, I assume the majority of you, all of you, are not hanging out in drug houses. But, um, but it's, you know, I'd say for myself, um, it has been my friends in the church who have had the largest negative impact on my life and leading me in a way that's not according to Christ. My Christian friends. And I spent, I mean, I grew up in churches. And uh, so it's something to, to be careful. You know, it's the same with Israel. It's not like he's saying, you know, don't go spend time with the Philistines or something like that. I mean, Israel was a mixed society. And you think, well, it's, it's not just a whole bunch of saints in Israel. Um, but uh, I want to just think about this thing concretely. Um, I had a conversation with another minister in Hudson here this month and uh, he serves at a church here and he um, and I've heard this from him before and I hear it from other people was saying that um, America um, and Europe are kind of on the same path but Europe is just 10 30 years ahead of where America is going to go and this idea that sort of Europe has kind of moved on a path towards really, I mean, his idea is away from Christian principles to um, something else, to all sorts of other ideas, belief systems, ways of living, lifestyles. And that America, they're just kind of playing catch up and they're going to get there eventually. And I don't usually do this, uh, but it just seemed to me at that time that I should contradict him. And I don't know why it just came to me that really, um, yes, it's true that Europe 
is further away from the way of Christ uh, in some places, further away than Americans. But in other ways, Americans are actually leading the world in ways that are away from Christ. So I'm just going to, you know, for example, um, consumerism is far more advanced in American culture than it is in lots of parts of the world and far more advanced than it is in Europe. And Europeans are slowly learning that they can see their lives as consumers. And But Americans, this is just such a regular part of being in American society that we are trained from, from children on that we are consumers, that we have before us a buffet of things that we can buy or not buy um, that will enhance our lives, um, hopefully, in the direction of prosperity. And you can, you know, it's not just me that's saying this. You can find all sorts of books on this about examining American culture and consumerism. Um, but Europe is not actually quite so far along in that direction, um, but they're learning from Americans. You know, just to give another example, um, the uh, feelings culture, the idea that your feelings are the most important, they're kind of a law for you. And if you feel some way, then that's, that means you just have to do that. That's a lot further along in America than it is in other parts of the world and than it is in Europe. Um, I won't say much more about that, but about consumerism, um, it's connected to uh, eating, isn't it? I mean, you're consuming, that's where it kind of comes from, but it's, it includes drinking, and it's just wider than just what you would put into your body. It's, it's everything that we're consuming. It's from experiences to um, your body, home furnishings to real estate to everything. We're, all sorts of things that are for sale. I, I did some flying recently. I found a, a magazine here. Flight magazine. It's fortunately for my sermon illustration appropriately titled "The American Way," and you, you've you've looked through these before. I'm sure you know that it's like 90% advertisements, right, of ways in which your life could be improved by doing these sorts of things, buying them. Even the articles, as you know, are kind of just advertisements for a certain place you could go, a certain thing you could do. Now, uh, you know. I don't usually, you know, the reason why you even pick this up because you're so bored on the airplane, you just sort of grab it, and I'm not suggesting you really even spend a whole lot of time with this sort of thing, but you want to wonder about a culture that sort of spends its time producing these kinds of things. Yeah? Well, what, what sort of culture would you live in? Because not all of them in history of the world or in the world now spend a lot of time uh, thinking about ways in which they can consume, right? Um, on the opposite side, uh, the law of God, the law of the Lord, instruction of the Lord. I'll give you a verse today um, out of Hebrews. And it's, keep yourselves from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, stop right there. That line, actually, out of the Psalms, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that's those streams of water 
That's, those, that's the kingdom of God. That means that God, you are close to the flow of God's action. And then the verse goes on. So, I will confidently say, how's it go? I've forgotten it. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And those first verses, be content with what you have. Contentment is a law of God. It's instruction of God. So it says, it's, it's, a, it's saying, this is a better way to live, to live in contentment. Um, actually, I've got another example here. I don't know if I should... So there's a book called Contentment by Richard A. Swenson. I know the author um, who also wrote a book called Margin, which is a book that I can recommend. This here I haven't read. This is my dad's copy. Um, so you'll have to make up your own mind of uh, whether it's any good or not. But I, I, have, I have flipped through it. But see, this is the interesting thing. Somebody who is delighting themselves in God's law, um, meditating on it day and night, would think, now how can I be content? How would that work in my life? They would study things and think, how does this, how does this go? Is this, how can I live that way? How can I live in a satisfaction with what I have currently? Psalm 23 says that you have sheep who, uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And, uh, you know, I'm not a farmer really don't have much to do with trees either. But uh, I know that sheep, when they're standing, not lying down, they're usually eating. Right? Sheep just kind of graze around. And you see a sheep lying down in a green pasture, you're looking at a full sheep. A full sheep. And it says, uh, he leads me beside still waters. Well, sheep that are by still waters don't just walk alongside them. They drink from them. So if a sheep's just walking alongside still waters, that's a sheep that's not thirsty. And that's what the gospel, what the Psalms are trying to teach us. That we can live that way here. And I pray that for you, for this congregation. And we'll continue to pray for you in that direction as I think about you for the next weeks you may find what a life of contentment is about and may identify ways of consumerism that may be just a regular part of life in America. And it's same true, same as true in Europe. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.